you should have a couple of big metrics, whether that's your ranking, what you're doing, and to get into the weeds. The weeds are helpful when you want to solve a specific problem. This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Michael Beasley. Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon Profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Today's Hot Take episode is about key metrics for Amazon sellers. And we have got some fantastic insights, tips, and suggestions from Michael Vizi, Chris Green, and Kyle Hamer. And I'm going to serve as the host in this conversation. Gentlemen, how are we today? And are you ready to dive into key Amazon metrics? All right. I'm going to go around the horn here, guys. I want your hot takes or just do one at a time. What is the key marketing metric from your point of view or key metric for Amazon selling and I'm going to pick on Mr. Kyle Hamer first. Kyle, give us one, and then we'll go around the horn and you do, give us another one if we have time. Yeah, I'm going to do a callback to one of our prior shows where we talked about uh, conversion rate. And probably one of my favorites is unit session percentage rate in Seller Central. And that is essentially the conversion rate of your listing. And I think it matters because obviously you can put a ton of eyeballs and traffic onto a product listing page, but if nobody's buying it, you have a serious problem. And the nice thing about it is a couple of few little tweaks, which you can split test fairly effectively on Amazon can mean you can use the same amount of traffic to generate a lot more sales by just moving that number by percentage points. I really focus in on that one. Okay. Give us the name of it again. And then. A little more info about the specific. It is the unit session percentage rate, and it's underneath okay. your business reports in Seller Central. And it essentially is tracking how it's calculated is it's dividing the number of units ordered by the total number of sessions or, or visitors to the product page. Hmm. And it's that little metric that you want to pay attention to because it it can it. We talked about big doors swinging on little hinges before, and that is one of those little hinges. I think as an Amazon seller, you want to be dialed in on. Because it transcends the both paid and organic traffic. Right. It doesn't, it's it's agnostic in terms of paid or, or organic For traffic sure. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Love that, man. Love that. Okay. Let's keep going around the table. Michael, you want to go next? Sure. Kyle's stolen my thunder in that my favorite metric, if I had to pick one on Amazon, would be unit session percentage. Very related to that. If we're going to restrict us to just one metric, I'm interested in the difference between your advertising percentage compared to your gross margin percentage. So for example, if you sell a product for $20 and you have after all your costs, $8 in it, that's a 40% margin. If you then spend 40% of your um, your revenue on ads, you've made no money. And if you spend more, you're going to make a loss. <laughs> so the difference between the advertising spend on a product line for a particular period divided by the sales of that product for that same period is, so that's the advertising to sales ratio. The difference between that percentage and your gross margin is really critical because ad spend keeps going up and up as a percentage of your costs on Amazon. So you've got to keep a tight eye on that difference between those two numbers. 
Oh, okay. All right. You got, man, you guys are in the deep end of the swimming pool so fast on this. I'm like, okay, Chris, what do you got, man? What's your metric? Don't worry. We're, we're coming back to the shallow Bring end. Bring us back to the kiddie pool, buddy. <laughs> Not just the shallow end. You know those pools that have like, it just slopes straight in, right? There's, it goes from z- all the way to zero kind of thing. That's um, a mud puddle. You know, Chris. That's a mud puddle. No, we're not playing in the mud. Come on. Like, oh, okay, that, okay. It's like a, a fancy pool. You got to be careful when you get in. It can be slippery. I'm going to go a little way back because when I was a bigger seller on Amazon, a lot of these metrics didn't exist. And a lot of these ways to advertise and promote your products didn't. And I'll throw something out there just for the people for a throwback. If you know what the Friday sale is, then you know how far back we're going with Amazon and promotions and metrics and things you can track and all this stuff. That was never my game. That was never my specialty. I leave that to the number crunchers, you know, the people that really enjoy looking into those, those metrics. But I throw out a different metric, especially as someone heavy into KDP and anything print on demand. You can throw merch by Amazon in this as well. I want to see the search results ranking, right? I'm number one for my keyword. That's what I like. If I'm not number one, I'm like, for Pete's sake, why am I not number one? Because if I'm going to make a product, uh, especially write a book about a certain subject, I, I expect to be number one because I'm going to make it the best. I'm going to try to make it competitively priced. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I am the number one actual result. And... I don't want to manipulate that. I don't want to like keyword spam. And what were those links that they call where they put keywords in the link and then they would send it out and stuff like that. I want to be the number one result because if you're the number one result, that means that Amazon's algorithm is saying to the customer who searches for the search term, this is the number one result. And that means their algorithm says, yes, the reviews mean that this is the number one result. The low return rate on this product means the number one result. The And I don't know the exact whatever the phrase would be for this, but the number of people who click on this page, maybe this is the session thing that Kyle was talking about. The number of people who click on this item and actually buy it, that percentage is a lot higher than these other products for this keyword. So this is the number one product. And as a marketing guy, I love it because then I can say, hey guys, guess who's the number one result for this keyword? And you can't fake that. You can go in and actually check it. So I know you guys are going in with Seller Central and deep in the weeds on some of these metrics, but I like this fully perfect visible metric that anybody can put in. You can check it right now. Go search for authorpreneur and see what the number one result is. And it's got two thumbs. It's this guy right here. No sponsored, no ads, number one result. The book's only been out for like a month, right? That's some social proof. And I can use that as, as social media marketing. And the only way you can get that is to earn it, right? You can't buy that. You can't buy your way to the number one result. You might be able to buy your way and like do some tricks and get there for one month or one day or one week or something. But to be a long-term number one result for a keyword, you got to earn that. And I like to do things that earn that, like quality and, and low return rate and trusted reviews and sales rank spiking and all this stuff. That's that's the fun part for me. So I know it's a little different than your typical metrics, but that's uh, that's something I like to check in and confirm that Love I'm it. there. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Okay, great. I mean, I don't have any wisdom to add to the conversation here, guys, except I do promote my books on the old Amazon and uh, I do use advertising.amazon.com. I always just call it AMS. The thing I always look at there is the ROAS. I don't know. Is that not mm-hmm. a top thing? Is that the right phrase? And I always try to figure out, are my book ads making an appropriate outcome? And uh, am I making money, losing money? What's the deal? And with books, of course, you've got your, you got to figure out your margin on the book uh, so you can figure that out. But that's the one I always just look at as I'm running my, my book promotional campaigns. And then, of course, with books, it's so simple. It's just look at the BSRs. Am I number one or am I number 742 in a category? If you're on the bestsellers list of 100 books or a visit in any subcategory, you can just look. And I always keep track of that. And uh, 
that's the, those are the two that I go to. Okay, Kyle, keep going on the deeper into the swimming pool, though, if you have no, more. To- let me sort of circle back to Chris's point about product ranking. Uh, that, I think, is probably the most important metric if you're going to track any of them. Where do your products actually rank? Right up there with what you're pointing out, Jason, which is your unit metrics. What are your per unit numbers and understanding those numbers before you turn on any advertising, like how much money you're actually going to be making. And then I would say moving into or to your ROAS question, that's great. That's actually fairly newer for Amazon, but Facebook and Google have been using ROAS, which is return on ad spend as a metric for a long time. And so in order to be in line with the bigger advertisers of the world, Amazon moved from its classical ACOS or ACOS metric that they use, which was a percentage of spend over sales, the, the, the sales for that particular campaign. And so knowing that number is important, but it all comes down to really understanding what is, how much margin do you have in your product to spend on advertising? And is that advertising actually driving your organic ranking or impacting your organic ranking so that you do show up on page one, you show up towards the top of page one, because that's the name of the game ultimately, I think on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. love it. Okay, guys, keep going. Michael, any other thoughts? Second uh, metric you want to mention or something yeah, that we haven't re- talked about? No, not really, but just tiny up. The deeper end of the swimming pool is, uh, it's interesting that we, just a couple of slightly broader reflection first. Met- marketing is obviously important because it's a driver of revenue which is the kind of top of of the business funnel if you like so being able to say you're number one for something is something i underrate the importance of i think and and to your point chris i've literally just had a look an entrepreneur is sitting right up there and also 10 times the price of the nearest competitor so that's already great social proof the back end is important though i'm with kyle i I like i guess i like the deeper end of the swimming pool to use your metaphor i would say um any metrics that account for the difference between your profit margin before ads and the profit margin after ads are really important. And they have to account also, and this is the tricky bit, for the fact that if you make an ad-driven sale on Amazon, probably true on Google, but explicitly definitely true on Amazon, it will drive your organic ranking. So you have to somehow account for that. And there are different ways of doing it. For me, the advertising to sales ratio is not a perfect way of doing it. But if you take, if you spend a hundred bucks on ads for a product and you get a thousand dollars in sales for that product in say a month, then your advertising to sales ratio is 10%. That doesn't tell you everything you need to know, but at least keeping an eye on that number does two things. Number one, is it overall working? And number two, it, it, am I making a margin on it? So those kinds of metrics are fiddly, but because they impact your profit so very directly, I think they're just really important to fiddle around with until you've got a handle on them, If, in, in my opinion, if you're that kind of person. To Chris's point, you may not be, and you might want to hire somebody to do that instead. Free for all, guys. Any other thoughts, ideas, ricochet action? Yeah, I want to throw something out about Keepa, which I, if you're not familiar with Keepa, go to Keepa.com and there's have to watch a video and figure it out. There's so much data in Keepa. But something they've added, I think fairly recently, it wasn't there all, always, was the number of reviews. And I'm starting to see this. It's typically a very straight line of reviews, especially for popular selling products. The more they sell, the number of reviews go up. And you really don't want them to spike all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, what is that? Is that suspicious? But having a large number of reviews, especially positive four and five star reviews, again, like I say, for social proof, for the customer to be like, oh, this has a lot of reviews. Like a lot of customers look at reviews before they make a purchase. Uh, and you can only earn good reviews. There's people who try to fake it and do all this stuff. And Amazon's pretty good at sniffing that stuff out. Reviews is something that's easy. It's like external. Anybody can look at it for your competitors' products or for your products. Uh, and then again, use them for social proof. But Jason, what you were talking about with the book stuff, I think for anybody that's they don't want to go in the deep end and the weeds and all this stuff, 
if they can run some ads where they're not losing money, they're breaking even. Like that's like the magic, like golden path kind of thing. Because if you're there, now you can start tweaking things. Say, what if I change this? Right now yeah. I can change something without the risk of losing. Because yeah. I know the risk of losing money for a lot of people is like, I can't, I'm not even gonna look at it if there's a possibility that I lose money. But if you can get to where, all right, we're not losing money. Let's try this, let's try this. And then you're gonna find that golden, for P6, now we're just printing money. We spend a thousand yeah. and we get 3,000 back. Like That's where people wanna get. And that's an easy thing to, to track and look at. And for authors, it's so fun because you've got so many tools in your toolbox. You, you spend a little money on AMS, see what happens, and then you can change the cover. You can change the description. You can run one of the countdown timer deals or the free three-day you know, promo deals for the book and then see what happens on the bounce if there is one afterwards. And all of those things in combination give you three terrific, three or four things to play around with to try to continuously optimize. The other thing that I would just say that I neglect and I want to do better at is continuously updating my self-published books with interior links and referral to not only my own other books, which I'm not good at doing, but it's duh, but to to affiliate offers and lists of resources and that kind of thing. Self-publishing, you can make a lot of money just on that simple back-end strategy in your books, and that gives you more uh, marketing muscle to uh, to push them in the top of funnel. And, and so to your point, Chris, even if you know your numbers and you lose money on the front-end sale on AMS, if you know the back-end numbers, associated with your book, then it's not losing money. You're just, you're losing money in that first step, but on the second step, you're break even and et cetera, et cetera. But that's fun stuff to play around with as you start to nerd out over these things. And when you get a catalog of three, four, five books, it starts to become obvious. There are a lot of ways which to spin them together that just take time and energy and thought. And of course, the discipline to, to execute on those ideas. Yeah. Other thoughts? You know what I think we need, Jason? You know what we need? If people can get to that place with the ads, then what? If we could give them, here's 10 things to try once you break even on your ads, right? Yeah. And try one at a time. That would be an amazing guide. And it should be an amazing offer. Hey, get this guide and put it in the front page of your books. Get this guide. Come to this website. Come to this mm -hmm. funnel. Put in your email address mm -hmm. and I'll give you the 10 things that you can test with 24-hour turnaround to see if it works. And you can like dial it in. It's the easiest small little product funnel out there. Yeah, uh, We're getting off track yeah. though, but that's what I do. Just one thing to right. that, I thought, just trying to simplify this down. To your point, Chris, two, two thoughts. Number one, know who you are. So if you're not a profit analytics kind of guy, then don't pretend you are and don't get distracted from what you're good at. If you're amazing at marketing like you are, Chris, then but do hire somebody in because you might have a ton of tweaks that you could make that would really improve your profit if you bring in somebody with that kind of mind. The second thing is, let's simplify this down. You've either, if you're not making enough sales, you've either got a conversion problem or a traffic problem. If you have a conversion problem, that is you've got a 1% conversion, let's say 100 people see your product listing and only one person buys, then throwing traffic at that is gonna be very impoverishing and also it won't work very well. So I think to Kyle's point of the conversion rate being really important, the first thing is to make sure the conversion rate is at a level such that you can afford to run traffic to it. And then once you've got that conversion rate sorted, if it's it's a low, low traffic issue, then advertising can be a very effective solution. So it's a question of knowing what the problem is before you pick up the tool to solve it. Yeah, mm -hmm. love it. That's okay, good. final thought before we wrap it. 
Final thought, there's two more metrics that I think are useful for a physical product seller, FBA seller on Amazon. One is the order defect rate. You, you usually only are paying attention to this metric unless when there's a problem, but having it monitored at some level to look for spikes in stuff is helpful. It'll help you curtail some issues. An example of this was one time a manufacturer of ours swapped out one of the we have a sell a, a journal an art journal and they swapped out the paper but they didn't tell us so we, we say hey yeah this is normal paper they substitute with a, a alternate one because they couldn't get the normal paper that they could and they wanted to hit their deadline and so they swapped it out guess what our customers were pretty quick to point out the fact that uh, this is something had changed and so we got this influx of returns and people saying hey this isn't what we ordered and you see these all this spike in uh defect rate because that's what people are marking it when they send it back to amazon and we're like what's going on and finally we tested it and then so what we implemented as a response to that was when they do the quality control check now, they actually use a caliper to measure the thickness of the paper, and that's in the report that we actually have run. Like those little things, order defect rate can help guide you and give you some insight into that. The other metric that I think is more and more important is the inventory in the, your index score, your inventory performance index score. That is indexed from zero to 1,000, basically, the Amazon grades every seller on. And um, if you drop then they just changed this. I think it's 560, but it might be different than that. If it drops below uh, a number, Amazon's limiting the amount of inventory you can actually send into FBA. And it's actually going to become more problematic for you. So making sure that score stays high enough, something to easily have you or a team just keep an eye on because you definitely want to not be on the limited side when it comes to sending an in inventory, particularly around you know Q4 when you're making your money, it would be really a bad outcome if they're like, hey, guess what? You can't send in as much as you would hope for, even though you ordered it and you have it sitting in your warehouse. Too bad. So inventory performance index and that that score, and then also your order defect rate, I, I would be keeping an eye on that. But big picture, just real quick, to, to Chris's point and what we've covered, you should have a couple of big metrics, whether that's your ranking, what you're doing. And to get into the weeds, the weeds are helpful when you want to solve a specific problem. So you don't need to be looking at the in-depth every day, going and looking at your seller session percentage, or unless you're trying to solve a conversion problem at that time, you're actively looking at it. So my point being, have some big key metrics that you do monitor that are those North Stars, but then use those in the weeds metrics when you're trying to solve a specific problem. And therefore you can stay pretty lean and fast in making quick decisions. I oh, love it, man. Okay. Guys, wonderful conversation today. Appreciate your support on this. I know all of our community members who are hardcore Amazon sellers appreciate this kind of content a lot. And so with that, I'll wrap it here. I would just point out that Mr. Chris Green does have his challenge for entrepreneur going right now, the book. And the book is still available, even though the challenge is closed. Give us a quick update, Chris. Is that right? So go get that book on Amazon. Any other plug you want to mention? Authorpreneur.com is always going to have all the, the latest updates and information. The book is number one result on Amazon. And I'll definitely run another challenge, but we're in the middle of a challenge now. And yeah, once challenge starts, you can't join. I actually stick to that. It's not a marketing gig or anything like that. Get in before it starts or else you can't get in. So you can join the waitlist. Authorpreneur.com slash challenge has a waitlist. I'll run it again. You can join. Awesome. Okay, guys. Good times, good times. I'm going to end it here. My dog wants to go outside. I can tell. So it's time to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. 
That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.